evening and welcome to an episode of the DFWTO podcast. I'm your host, Casper. Great save. And I'm your other host, Becky Grimlin. <laughs> Here to bring you all things spooky on Wednesdays because... Wednesdays are for podcasts. Now, you guys, before we go... I don't know why we're singing. <laughs> what is it? I'm... Oh, it's stupid elf. I'm singing. Oh, I'm in the shower. <laughs> and I'm singing. And I was like, what is that from? I know hey, it's Will Ferrell. It's okay. It's Will Ferrell. <laughs> So before we get into tonight's episode, um, I know we did last week tell you guys that we were going to do something different. Um, yes, if you guys in, probably noticed a change from what yes, we announced and on the socials. In light of Pat, a few recent things that have happened, we felt that it would be best to change the subject matter. So we decided to go with a story that actually recently I watched the the um the hulu doc documentary yeah. on and uh i thought it was a great idea i definitely agreed with becky i felt like it wasn't bad taste to go with what we were going to talk about so i'm really glad that we did change it um but we're going to be talking about um steven steven stainer and that whole situation um but we just kind of wanted to i wanted to preface by saying like we have changed if you follow the media, you would have seen that, but that's pretty much why it changed. Yeah. Not too long after the promo was up on Monday, I took them down. We had a discussion about it and decided to go this route. So, yeah. before we get into tonight's episode about this wild ride, um, are you working from our sponsor? Calm your body down. All right, guys, so um, from the promo last week, I know I had mentioned the Sage Mint Bath Bombs being out now. Um, didn't expect last week to go as crazy as it did, so I didn't get a chance to it. Um, but if you did see yesterday's post, they actually will be up this week. So um, those will be available on the Etsy shop along with the other bath bombs. Um, and then we're getting closer and closer to that July date. If you guys are in the Cincinnati area to come to the workshop, I have been posting on my Instagram links to their uh, Instagram page, social media. Um, they have dates every month running through uh, for the market where they have various vendors, but um, Calm Your Body Down will particularly be at the one in July. So keep uh, looking for more information about that date um, and links to their website and Instagram page. But uh, yeah, again, the Sage Mint will be available this week. Um, and yeah, everything, the socials and Etsy, everything is Calm Your Body Down. Again, free shipping in the U.S. on all items. So thanks again. Calm your body down. All right, my dudes. So, in lieu, it's still a true crime episode. We are still talking about um, something that happened that was a true crime. This documentary on Hulu called Captive Audience was a three episode long documentary that discussed about Steven Stainer. He was seven years old. Basically, an overview he was seven years old when he was kidnapped, he was 14 when he was found. Um, 19 years later, no, yes, 19 years later, uh, his brother became a serial killer. So you've got one brother doing one thing that had a horrible thing happen to him, and you got another brother doing horrible things. 
And the way that the documentary was set up, I really liked because the first episode focused heavily on Steven. The second episode, again, kind of focused heavily on Steven and his early life and his, you know, family. His family, really. The first part really went more in depth um, with the length of time that uh, he was kidnapped because he was kidnapped for seven years, you know. There have been cases, obviously, like Elizabeth Smart and things like that, where the children do come back alive, but that's not always the case, especially if it's one as long as his was. Um, So that was most of the first part. The second part was sort of afterward, once he's home, um, later on when he starts his own family and has his own kids, and then uh, kind of in both parts, but more heavily into the second part, they discuss the um, really big made-for-TV movie at the time that came oh, yeah. out about him uh, called "My I Know My Name is Steven. And uh, at the time, it starred actor uh, Corin Nimick, who played uh, Steven. And Steven actually played a police officer. He had a cameo in the movie. Um, because they took the basically where captive audience came from the start of it was the story of this writer who wrote that story that ultimately became the movie he interviewed the family extensively interviewed steven um this is the story yeah i know right that honestly just what it sounded like it um yeah so that was really you know going into you know just it was so it was the parts that were probably the most difficult for me was his kids being interviewed specifically his daughter because yeah. uh, I am a daddy's girl through and through through and through let me tell you and <laughs> I just uh I, I I I couldn't imagine I mean I just couldn't imagine losing my dad but then also my dad going through that and also, they, you know, they lost their father very young. Um, the son, Stephen Stainer Jr., has almost virtually no memories of his dad because he was, in, he was a baby, baby. And uh, the daughter, Ashley, she was, I think, three, maybe. So I think she has he some, was that age. I thought she, she was some, around five, four. No, 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 no. He was an infant. I remember oh. the interview, him saying, I have no, I have no I thought she, she at was all. at least four, three or four. Yeah. So she she has some more. Yeah. But, Which is um, crazy. It, it's it's crazy to me when someone says they have memories when they were that young. I have like there's glimpses. Most of my early memories are when I was five. Like I have a lot of really vivid memories of like kindergarten and stuff like that. Like I have a lot of memories from when I was five. I get little spurts of things when I was four, but anybody remembers past being four years old. God bless you. I have no, yeah, I have no memory. I have a few glimpses from four years old, like things that come back and flat. I had one the other day too. I asked my husband, I was like, do you remember colored toilet paper? And he was like, no. And I, I follow these like crazy pages on Instagram like weird history or stuff like that. Like they're they're interesting because it's stuff like holy shit, what? And from like the fifties through the early nineties, there were there. I mean, like Cottonelle, Scotts, like all the big name brand toilet paper manufacturers in the states. And apparently, even over in I was reading through the comments, like in other countries, I think France even still does it. Um, Why? 
there there was colored toilet paper. Well, the way that they, and this made total sense, the way houses were designed, especially in the 50s and 60s, if you're, if a lot of anybody our age has parents that live in houses or grew up in houses that were built in the 50s and 60s, think about how colorful the bathrooms were. Yeah. Pink tile, green tile, Very blue tile. Yeah. I mean, my dad's bathroom is still a pink bathtub with green tile. I have no idea why that was a style. Green and pink. A watermelon. They're literally the two worst colors. The two worst colors I think you could put together, personally. But yeah, I think anyway. it's, it's literally, you're not going to not think about a watermelon. You just... Well, it's awful. But that was sort of what... Because as bathrooms modernized into the 80s and the 90s, you didn't see that anymore. You usually saw predominantly neutral, like white or white bathrooms, so that wouldn't go... Um, not to mention, I was reading in the comments of so many women in the 80s, they're like, yeah, we got UTIs from that shit. I'm like, uh, yeah. Yeah, I bet you fucking the did. The fuck? And I'm over here going, do you remember the colorful the dye that turned your poop blue or uh, green or purple? See, I was smarter than the average bear, or maybe it's because I'm black, but I wouldn't, I don't know. Like, black kids I knew back in the day, we were like, nah, we ain't eating that shit. Oh, I fucking ate that shit. You're, I love you're that white, was... though. <laughs> Honey, I'm not white. I, I am noticeably white. I am so You're fucking like, pasty. Why do you name why you think my name is Casper? Bitch. I'm so fucking <laughs> bitch. I'm so fucking pasty that I blind people with my legs in the winter in the summer. I am Right. I am dead serious though. Like, cause I'm not the black kids I knew, we were like, nah, we ain't eating that shit. I'm a nasty. Well <laughs> also why... also this is like, why when we go ghost hunting, it's good that one of us is black and one of us is oh, white. Oh, like when I ran and you were like, huh? And I was like, why are you running? You better run. <laughs> cause I'm the one who's like, oh my god, let's go check this out. And you're like, bitch, the fuck? I'm like, run, bitch. <laughs> this is why. Like, run! <laughs> I have come to realize when a black person runs, you don't ask questions. No, you ask. You just zero run questions. with them. You ask zero questions. But yeah, I I had this like weird, faint memory was I, where I was like, I think I remember seeing colored toilet paper in a grocery store when I was like really little. And he's like, I don't remember that at all. Oh, it's like okay. me either because if it was the early 90s though i was born in 93 so there's no way yeah see if i remember it when i was four that would have been and uh <laughs> i'm sorry what i'm sorry what please it has louder really... louder for the people it's one the nine and eight okay i'm that <laughs> There's I mean, a there's literally a book with the title of the year she was born. So there you go. I'm like, why is it that? Why was that the year that everything was gonna fall to hell? The year I was because <laughs> he wrote that book in the 40s. That's what you and my sister have that in common. Fuck? So there you go. It's a great book though. Preferred reading nowadays. <laughs> At least it should be. <laughs> If you just want to be really depressed and cry yourself to sleep. But anyway, um I mean, or you could just go to bed and cannot. be really depressed and cry yourself to sleep. You don't anyway, I don't need a book for you that have shit. To do that. You don't even have to do that. I don't but, need a um, book for that. Ashley, if if you if her talking about her dad doesn't 
tug at your heartstrings, you you have no heart. I mean, even I I was sobbing at some points, but of course that's me. I cry at everything. But um, I mean, yeah, he had a life like that, and then di he died very young and very very tragically. It was awful, and then really not that long later his brother and it's interesting the third part when they go into the psychology of of why carrie that all that the family they interviewed one of the sisters the family really said you know to be quite honest it really wasn't surprising carrie showed signs he was very antisocial. some possible mental disabilities some um body those are always the best sorry you know you guys know um, we try to keep these a little bit lighter you have to get heavy uh you have to um mm -hmm. you know he he had a lot of anti and also one revelation they mentioned was there was a lot of there was abuse throughout the family some sexual abuse throughout they didn't they never mentioned who or what but just it's not like it was just singular with it being Steven's story and Carrie's story. Like, this whole family has been so dysfunctional from the start that it's, um... Also, I just want to say from a personal standpoint, my heart goes out to Steven and Carrie Stainer's mother. That woman... She seems like such a sweetheart. Her too. inner oh god, when they got remember when they got to Carrie though, she goes, Nope, don't want to talk about it. Yep. Oh, she yeah, I she, don't blame her either. She did not well, I mean, what do you how do you even just how do you even? How do you even It's always interesting in cases where if there's been a, a serial killer, murder, or whatever, and they interviewed the, their parents, it's almost like, well, what do you want their parents to say? What are they right. supposed to? I I think, it, you know, I, I know on a lot of levels, people are just like, well, we want answers. Were they abused? Was it a da-da-da-da? And some, a lot of times it's not. It's usually a pretty normal, I mean, or I don't even want to say normal, maybe just like a million other kids had the same childhood. But it just so happened that they ended up fucked up and it may not have even really had anything to do with that. Or right. maybe made a little bit of an impact, but there were all of these other outside factors. And Carrie's was a big one, especially with what happened to Stephen. In some weird, warped, twisted way, he almost felt like Stephen was getting more attention than him. But I, but when you hey, look at it from the psychological perspective, yeah, it does yeah. make sense. It, it makes sense. It's not it really an excuse does. by any means, it really but it does but make, I mean, it it was, it makes sense. But it, if you, you know, if you try to look at it logically, you go, that is so weird. Of course, Stephen didn't want attention. Look at that. This is awful. This is horrible. What happened to him? He didn't want this attention. And even his mom said, you know, I felt like. If I could take it back now, I never would have had camera crews there. I never would have done all the interviews. I never would have. Because really, at the end of the day, Stephen didn't want that. He didn't right, want he to didn't. do And the only reason why, and that was made very clear, the only reason why he did that made-for-TV movie is because his family needed the money. He had two young kids to raise. Yeah. Because he really didn't want to do that movie either. No. He really didn't want any more attention. But, you know, they were offering a lot of money. and. You got two babies. You gotta at home do what you gotta do, man. 
you know so again i i think too carrie maybe even saw that as another like why is he getting all the attention again and it's like what that's not but again you're looking at it from a logical standpoint when you're thinking that way if you think of it in terms psychologically for carrie like you said makes perfect sense that there would be this jealousy component well, he had the jealousy component to begin with, I think, because he, he always, Stephen always, even before he was taken, always got more attention. So it was kind of just like following that. Well, and I think you and I, and obviously this, you know, I think just from the, the standpoint of the oldest child versus the youngest child, you uh -huh. grew up the youngest, I grew up the oldest. There's a difference. Mm-hmm. There is a difference. It's not, and then, and then that's not even to say that your parents, you know, my parents raised us, you know, the best they could. I, you know, I had a great, wasn't like perfect, but you know, our parents raised us. We ran our fucking killing people. You raised us well enough. No, I never crossed maybe my from mind. time to time, but no, just kidding. Um, yeah, but I mean, but to acknowledge that the oldest isn't you know treated differently than the youngest is you can't you know no parent can can say that and that no. just but that just comes from over time you know you you learn this with the oldest and then the next one or if you have another one and then you know what i mean but there is a dichotomy and uh there can be jealousy that can happen the oldest can be jealous the youngest can be jealous there's those things that can happen but carrie took it to the umpteenth degree with having this very warped, twisted, with this disability and this very warped, twisted mindset on top of that, that there was no help. Um, you know, the father never got, that was another thing. They, you know, yeah. mom talked about how she wanted the family to get in therapy. The father absolutely would not get into therapy. That was very much of a generation of, you don't tell people your business outside. That's of the a family. very generational thing. Oh man. It was, yeah. Or my family. I think everybody's family went through, has had, you know, if that generation too, you know, you had parents that were born in the, you know, your parents were born in the, 30s or in the 40s they're yeah no you don't you don't talk about it at all you don't show any emotion you don't yeah you don't do that so so we um, found an article that yeah casper is, actually found this great article um well honestly discovery listen if you don't watch that already listen so my girlfriend has cable in her room and ID is always on. I love ID. At the moment she turns I still have the TV cable. on, love ID. She turns on ID because that's our comfort. Now like in our house, and in my, even though we still have cable, it's either if it's on cable, it's either ID Discovery or The Office. So that just lets you know what kind of people we are. <laughs> We're either watching ID or <laughs> something on Netflix now that I got Netflix hooked up on her TV. So because we watched. Uh, we got on Netflix and watched that Our our Father documentary that just came out. Woo! I haven't watched that one. Oh, you don't know what that's about? No. Holy shit. So, I'll just, in between documentaries. I'll just preface this as, like, so because it's a lot. 
Um, it's a doc movie, documentary movie about a what do they call those doctors that help you get pregnant? Okay, the fertility doctor that was using his own sperm. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I know this story. Fertility doctor. Thank you. I was like, what I know are, this. What is I, the I know this story. I know this story. You know those those cases are a lot more prevalent than people know they there said at the so end of it of that they found 44 yeah. more doctors that had mm -hmm. done that and right now there are 94 of his kids and counting happened in ohio where i don't remember but i i did read it not anywhere near us but um i did read about it well i mean fucking this guy time, yeah, this... was indianapolis yeah excuse me which is an hour and a half away shit but anyway, so... That's pretty gross. It's not a great thing. I mean, it's pretty... Uh, and you know what's insane is that every single one of the ki of the, of the people that they interviewed, I was like, holy shit, that's another one. They just look... They all looked the same. Oh, like, my it, God. Just, See, that's even crazier. It's like the Baldwins. You just... It's like... It's just <laughs> now, the men did look a lot different. The men looked different, but all of the women, besides one, had blonde hair and blue eyes. Every single one of them. And the weirdest thing was, too, is I was like, that's a recessive gene, which is very strange to me. Weird. Is he trying to make Aryans? What the hell? That's, that's... They said that in there, too. Ew. I mean, because how do you not say that? Right. Because that was Hitler's whole thing. The Hitler youth were strong, blonde, blonde-haired, blue-eyed Germans. That's... Meanwhile, he's an inbred, short... <laughs> You're just like, What? Um, well, if you ask me, but I mean that is we that's weird. And one that's of the one of the weird. men had blonde hair and blue eyes, but one of the men, one of the men and one of the women had brown hair and blue eyes. Weird. But all every single one of them had blue eyes. And I was like, that's strange because that's a, such a recessive. Blue eyes and blonde hair are recessive traits. Yeah. So they're not as easy to get. But it was almost like every single one of them. And most most. A lot of babies will start off with blue eyes and then their eyes will right. change. Like, right. that's what happened to me. My eyes changed color. So, I, yeah, that's, uh, that story is nuts. We may, we may talk about that another time. Right. But, uh, but yeah, anyway. that story is, that, that's another one that's crazy. So, <laughs> Um, so guys, this is called Heroism and Horror. One brother was kidnapped, the other became a serial killer, and it is on ID, uh, investigationdiscovery.com, and it's by Aaron Rasmussen. Nearly 50 years ago, Stephen Stainer was abducted and lived for seven years with his captor before escaped with a second young kidnapping victim. Decades later, his older brother, Carrie, made headlines when he was arrested and convicted of the serial slayings of four females. On December 4th, 1972, Stephen, age 7, was walking alone to his family's home in Merced, California, when he was coaxed into the car of convicted child rapist Kenneth Parnell, who was posing as a minister. Because that's what you do. No ministers are children. Anyway. He actually had an accomplice with him. Mm -hmm. That was something that was mentioned in the documentary that's also in the, the, the TV movie that aired uh, as well. Um because I think that he was also, I, I never remember his name, but he was brought up on charges as well mm -hmm. later. Yeah. So Parnell drove Stephen to a cabin near Kathy's Valley and eventually told his young victim the court had granted him legal custody. 
The man then changed Stephen's name to Dennis Gregory and began publicly raising him as his son while sexually abusing him behind closed doors. Yeah. So this was right. Merced, <clears throat> California is literally right outside of, uh, uh, oh, what is it? Yosemite. Yosemite. Right? Yes. It, yeah. Because mm -hmm. that's where, yeah, later with Carrie. Um, so, I mean, literally, if you, if nobody, you can just drive right out of town, right into Yosemite National Forest and, and virtually just disappear. And that's pretty much exactly what, what, uh, Kenneth did with Stephen. Um, and with him being so young at seven years old and taught to be, you know, just mannerable and you listen to adults and, um, also being a very impressionable child, he believed everything that Kenneth told him. God, that makes me sick. And... Ainsley's going to be seven in September. Oh, it's disgusting. That makes I me, mean... not that it didn't before, but like thinking about one of my nephews oh, or that's, niece that's, like that's yeah i that's why it's cases like this are always the worst with me with children because and then later what you know just yeah that's just not awful it, just yeah Mo a monster i don't even want to say an awful human being because that's just that isn't there is an evil deep within you to possess you to do something like that, that I can't even acknowledge you being a human. I mean, we can analyze and pontificate and over and over and over about traumas, child, all that and that and that and that. But I'm just, I don't know, just a child or an animal. There's just that they're, I, you're a monster. There's just an evil so deep down for you to go there that I can't even acknowledge you as a human. That That's just me. So I would hope, I would hope other people would agree. Just I, I agree. <laughs> You're like, I, I fucking agree. I concur. <laughs> um, through the years, the two lived in multiple locations in California, and Stephen even attended school, uh, obviously as Dennis. But the kidnapped boy never said a word to anyone about the assaults he was suffering, more so out of shame, really, mm -hmm. I think. Yeah. That changed soon after he reached puberty, and Parnell began looking for a new victim. That just, like, made me sick to read. <laughs> like... He's not a child anymore because he's hitting puberty. So now you got to go find another kid. Yeah, the, I, older, that's the just, older that Stephen got, the less he just he, he wanted was to interested. start. He like yeah, he was completely uninterested and was basically going to use him. The only reason I'm going to keep you around now is because a you, I don't want you to tell on me, and b I need to use you to get another kid. child. Um, so he Stephen later told authorities that Pernell tried to enlist him. But he always managed to secretly sabotage his plans. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah, he had done it on a couple of other locations, and Stephen's like, yeah, no way. Um, despite 14-year-old Stephen's cunning, Parnell succeeded in abducting Timothy White, five years old this time, in February of 1980. Just literally fuck you. He like, brought that's him fucking nasty. Live, he brought him to live at his home, and he presented the child to Stephen as his new brother. They even dyed his hair because timothy had uh really blonde hair and um i think i remember that from clips they showed of the movie uh that i think they said too they dyed his hair a really dark brown color to match stephen's hair color of course they did to actually make him look more like he was his brother Ugh. 
Stephen, however, was determined not to let Parnell hurt Timothy, and on the evening of March 1st, 1980, he escaped with him while their captor was away at work. You get him. I love that that was when he escaped. I love that he was like, fuck you. You're not going to hurt this little boy like you hurt me. And just took him and ran. Well, because where he had Stephen at one time, he had him in a neighborhood where Stephen literally was going to school, knew the other kids. And the weird thing was he gave him a lot of freedoms. And I think a lot of that was so Kenneth knew he wouldn't leave. He, you know, age 12, 13, he let him smoke cigarettes. He let him, he had no curfew. He could skip school. He could be, bring friends over if he wanted to, but tended not to because he didn't trust Kenneth around other young kids, you know, with the fear that he was going to try to do something to them, like what happened to him. Um, but he pretty much let him get away with everything. Uh, and, but I think once he realized that, because Stephen would have these moments, and he mentioned this, they mentioned this in the documentary, where he would be hanging out with his friends, and they'd, you know, either be smoking the joint or drinking, and all of a sudden he would just start crying and go, I miss, oh, okay, I'm sorry, I probably can't talk about this, I really... Guys, I really wanted not to cry during this. I told myself, I was like, please don't, don't do, do not cry when you're doing this. Because I, I sobbed during this documentary. I'm telling you. It, it was, was really sad. Parts of it got, were extremely difficult where I had to actually stop it and come back and watch it later. Because I just couldn't, I wasn't in the mindset at the moment to watch it. I just got, I got entirely too emotional. But um, he would have these moments where he would break down. He'd say, I miss my mom. I miss my mom. And, but would stop because he knew if he said anything more than that. Plus, I really think, you know, and they talked about this later, you know, he was really, when it came out that the sick part about this is, and how naive people were back then, that when Stephen actually admitted on stand that it wasn't just that, oh, some guy wanted a son so he kidnapped him when he admitted no he he raped me like i was sexually assaulted for years it actually almost backfired on steven kids at school called him a i the f word i'm not even gonna say yeah. it out loud because you know we don't even need to do that um and i i casper hates that word so i do not want to offend her and i don't want to offend anybody saying it's kind of one of those words where even when it's being talked yeah. about I it it F A G you you guys know the freaking word. Yeah, F A G. Um, it's basically a word for a cigarette and the, I mean he got if you look it up in the old Webster's dictionary, but that's what Listen I mean, though, honestly, when they use it in fucking English shows. In the old well in, in old movies. I, have I watched, actually I have love watched it. really old Well, and it's a bundle of twigs too. But I love when they use it as a cigarette. Listen, I love that. A bundle of fags is hilarious. And when I'm they go, sorry. can I have a fag? And I'm like, it's it's in the British accent. I can't. It's My like... dad was watching an old movie one time and I heard this guy said, I, I, got, I grabbed a bundle of fags. I almost fell on the floor. See, I don't get offended when it's actually that, used correctly, though. That was though, hilarious. Because it cracks me up. I was like, you know what? I could use a bundle of fags right now. <laughs> I mean, I'm in a bad mood. My cheer me up. You're like, well, you know, <laughs> I could use a bottle. Oh, oh my god, it's amazing. The question is, though, are it's you amazing. talking about twigs <laughs> or cigarettes or all three? All three, all of the above. All of them. It's a party. <laughs> all of the above. God damn it. 
I'm just imagining. We got Lady Gaga going on in the background. It is a party. It I'm just <laughs> picturing the literal giant pride party. Bonfire. With a with bonfire cigarettes. and cigarettes everywhere. Like you, it's just. I'd rather be drunk, but at least I'm. <laughs> you can't convince me that they're that's, not saying drunk. That's. Yeah, that that is what they're saying. When I looked it up, and I was like, "I'm sorry, I'd rather be dry." I hear no, drunk, drunk, and it's drunk. no, it's drunk. I'd rather be drunk, but damn, at least I'm alive. Listen, it's drunk. It's drunk. I'd rather be drunk. The the way the last two years have been going. <laughs> Drunk, goddamn it! Okay. It is drunk. Fuck it is. you! <laughs> if you don't agree with me. It's it's drunk. drunk. It's drunk. The last two years, it's drunk. Anyway, we're all drunk. Um, I'm still drunk. So, uh, Stephen said at the time to a Newsweek interviewer in 1984 that it was. He said, "quote It was my do or die situation, and I also would be coming home for doing something positive." Together the two boys hitch Together the two boys hitchhiked around 40 miles to Ukiah where Timothy lived with his parents and they went to a police department in a statement at the station the teenager wrote I know my first name is Steven which gave the title to the made for TV movie Parnell was arrested and he was found guilty in two separate tr trials for kidnapping He um received he only received a total sentence of seven years that was for um that was for uh uh steven it's because they never brought they never brought up the sexual assault and a big part of that was because steve steven wanted him to be convicted for it but when it came time to talk about it he didn't want to talk about it and i like i said the naivete back then of just the stigma of basically putting the shame i don't know if it came with the timing of him being older now where people couldn't look at him as a child anymore and the shame that came upon this child of what happened to him you were raped this wasn't it just that 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 was very hard too because you you know the the pain but um you know he did also later say not only for money with the movie uh that was made later that um that was his his wife did say that that was his therapy that movie being made it was on it was all it was now like his redemption so that i can show the world that this wasn't just some you know creepy old man kidnapping kids this was a pedophile he was he was a full on pedophile. So <clears throat> he was only released the maximum allowed under California law at the time was seven years and he only served five. So that's ridiculous. He died of natural causes at a state prison hospital in Vacaville. Yeah. Vacaville. I think it's Vacaville. In January of 2008, at the time he was serving 25 years to life after he was convicted in 2004 of attempting to buy a four-year-old boy, according to the San Francisco Chronicle. Oh, get this. Yeah, it was his home health nurse. Can you go buy me a kid? He asked his home health nurse to buy him a four-year-old little boy. He specifically said a four-year-old little boy. 
And he said exactly what he was going to do. And she immediately called the police. <laughs> and I mean, I kind of would too. And that's what got him. But you know what? It, it pisses me off that he yeah. actually committed the act for seven years and got five less than what he even did to Steven. And just mentioning about taking a little boy again got him 25 years to life. Okay. Anyway, justice system. I'd rather be drunk, but... I mean, really, <laughs> at that point. It re- but, I mean, that 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 was one part of the story that just... I just said, my God. You know, monster. This is a monster. You're, you're inhuman. Inhuman. You nasty. I don't even want to... You fucking nasty. Yeah, that's just... Yeah, no. And so, then on set, I'm just going to read Rest in Rest super... in Hell, Kenneth Parnell, forever. I hope that's I hope that's on his I hope that's on his tombstone. <laughs> and then on September 16th of 1989, Stephen he was 24. He was killed in a motorcycle accident while on his way home from work. He is... literally only got to live the last 10 years of his life. In any kind of peace. And you hope it was. I mean, that was the really beautiful part, you know, and of course, bittersweet part of the uh, second part of the documentary was getting to see the the, the pictures of the family. The, the, the I'm really glad of, he got the to pictures have of a him. family. That, yes. I'm so glad he got to that. have a family. Oh, God. He got to... Because they talked about him being such a phenomenal dad. Like, he just, he loved oh, those kids. Oh, I mean... Love and from what his, his wife kids. said, he was a good husband. You know, so, she said she said he never, obviously never talked about things, but the movie, he did specifically say that the movie was his therapy. That was his therapy. Um, you know, didn't want to be famous, didn't want to do anything like that, but it was his therapy. Ultimately, like, his justice, basically. Um... Just to make make sure everybody knew, because, yeah, there was no justice served at all in his case. But you're absolutely right. The fact that he actually, even if it was just, even if it was a short time, he got to have a family. He got to, for a moment, know what it was like to have a normal existence and work and take care of your kids and have a wife. And, and that's a fucking lot at 24 these days. Fuck. When I was 24, I moved out of my mom and dad's house and was just trying to be a fucking person. Like, it's a whole (laughs) other existence back then. Yeah, that's what you you could afford to do that, basically. Honestly, to be honest with y'all, I wish I would have just lived with my parents until now. So, um, tragically, the Stainer family within literally a decade would be in for another shock. I'll let you read. Because um, that was much... yeah, that was tiny. That, that was like, I was like, oh, it was like two sent like two sentences. In February of 1999, Carol Sund, age 42, was on vacation with her daughter Julie, age 15, and Selvina Selvina Peloso, a 16-year-old Argentinian exchange student. The three of them were staying near Yosemite National Park at the Cedar Lodge in El Portal when they suddenly went missing. The following month, their torched rental car was found in a remote area located hours from their motel with Carol Sund and Peloso's charred remains in the trunk. Oh, great. A short time later, police received a note reading, we had fun with this one, along with directions to Julie Sund's body at a site around an hour away from the burnout rental car. Police spoke with multiple people while investigating the case, 
including Stephen's older brother, Carrie, then a handyman at the same lodge that they were staying at. He was never named a person of interest in the case, and officers focused on other leads weren't able to make any arrests. He had had no priors, totally clean record, so. Then on July 22nd of 99, Yosemite naturalist Joey Armstrong, <clears throat> who was 26, was found decapitated near the cabin she was living in. Police learned about an international scout that was spotted at the cabin around the time Armstrong died, and detectives eventually traced the vehicle to Carrie. She was beautiful, by the way. Her mom's interview was heart-wrenching. Oh, yeah. Um, during questioning, Carrie confessed to killing Armstrong, as well as Sons and Peloso, months earlier, and immediately said that he wanted... Um, he wanted directors and producers called. Because He's like, where's my movie? He wanted a movie made about what he did. And if that doesn't tell you the psycho the psychology behind why he did it, I don't know what would. I mean, obviously, no excuses. These were... No, 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 no. These were, you know... But, but I'm again, saying we that... Have to, you have to say that because then you will never... You know, these there is there is a psychology behind these things. You never get to the root cause to prevent... Hopefully, another thing like this happening if you don't make the connection. Mm -hmm. And that was the connection with Carrie. For immediately, for him to confess so quickly and then go, okay, I want a movie made about me. That was why he confessed. Yeah. He's so, like, where's my movie? Well, and also, if you, if you listened to the interesting part of that is if you listened to interviews or watched footage of Carrie, even older footage that they showed when Steven came back, he did appear slow. I, you know, I hate to even say slow, just something you, you knew something. I don't want to say slow. Cause that's kind something of a general, that's a very general term. There was something very off, especially very the pictures off. of him. Like just kind yeah. of like he wasn't, present and he his, was there but you could see it in his eyes well he, and his like, mom wasn't. they you know they made they used to say a lot how he was always gone he was always up in the mountains uh, out in the i mean you think out there by himself all the time who knows what was going through his head no what what thoughts were just Circling spinning and circling and spinning and, and what he yeah, dwelt for, on for, and... for years for years he pleaded guilty to multiple charges in connection to armstrong's death including premeditated first-degree murder kidnapping and attempted aggravated sexual abuse and was sentenced to a term of life without the possibility of parole at a second trial he was found guilty of three counts of first-degree murder and one count of kidnapping and sentenced to die in connection to the slayings of the sons and sons spelled with a D, and Peloso. He's now 60, and he remains on death row at San Quentin State Penitentiary in California. And in the Hulu series, the one that we have been talking about, Captive Audience, a real American horror story, the convicted killer's sister, Corey Stainer, noted that he was always a little off. Off. That's, that's perfect definition. Anybody and everybody who met him will tell you that Carrie was unwell. Since he was a toddler, as far as I know. So even his sister was like, yeah, something was a little... There was always something weird <clears throat> about Carrie. Always. <coughs> um, you know, essentially, they decided to pretty much stop uh, 
conviction or executions in California. So more than likely, um, Carrie will never be executed. Uh, he's going to die in prison. Um, he needs to be somewhere. Uh, I, I would say before the killings, if there could have been any kind of help, um, he should have, he should have been in, in, in an institution. He should have been in, in a mental hospital or something, even if it was just for um, a short period of time, a few months, whatever. There was just, you know, again, but this was a family that you just, you, you didn't talk about it. He definitely needed some help, especially as a kid. <clears throat> therapy would have probably been a good thing for him yeah i think that would have been more than a yeah um, especially knowing that you know you're again you're the oldest and your brother your younger brother is getting all this attention and you know stuff like that i i he definitely needed to be talked to like by a therapist or something <clears throat> there was um The, you know, I'm, I'm reading a, an interview that was done with Ashley, uh, Stephen's daughter, and just talking about, um, you know, the really the hardest parts. We're talking about uh, her dad and just how much she missed him. Um, and how when people ask, you know, questions about her dad, I guess the hardest part is, you know, she just, one thing she always says is, and I, and I did love that about her and her brother, Stephen Jr., that um, in their eyes, their dad will always be a hero. Um, really, at the end of the day, he, I mean, he was for what he did for Timothy. I mean, that was... He made sure that that little boy never had to go, that little boy never had to go through anything of what he had to go through. He got him back to his family. Um, you know, Timothy stayed close with the family. He was even a pallbearer. He was one of the pallbearers at, uh, at Stephen's funeral. Um, later became a cop and unfortunately died young himself, uh, there's a statue. I, I couldn't. Oh, my God. I would never be able to bring myself to even see this. There is a statue, I think, in the town that Timothy lived in, I believe. There was a bronze statue erected of um, Stephen, like, holding Timothy's hand when he was little. It just, yeah, I mean, I think if that's one takeaway, especially with his children, is to look at your dad as a hero. You know, there's that famous shot of... Um, Timothy on Stephen's back and he's looking over his shoulder at him and they're laughing and it's like that's the memory that you want to hold in your mind of these of these two just innocent beautiful children because at the end of the at the end of the day that's what Stephen was he was innocent in all of this um you know and the other hard part she talks about too is when it comes to her uncle um you know, where people 
automatically assume that, um, you know, and she even mentioned this, that she was in the seventh grade. So she, at the time, she was in pretty close age to the two young girls that were murdered, that were 15 and 16. Um, and she said, it's just, you know, people always think if, especially if it's a family, well, you should have known something. You would have known something. She's like, he was distant with everyone, even his own parents. He never came around. We didn't see him very often. It's not like we, we didn't even know him. We didn't even know him, you know? I mean, and I'm like, people, you know, you don't have members. I have members of my family. I mean, we're blood related, but I don't, I, I don't know them. I don't know them at all. No. I maybe saw him a, a few times as a kid, but like, you know, you never saw him. I, 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 I have literally, especially if you have a really big family. Yeah. There's no way. And not, not everybody stays close with family. That happens. So even if it is a close relative, not even a distant relative, they just may be somebody that you just don't keep in contact with or they don't keep in contact with the family. So I think that's such a generalization to assume that, well, just, well, it was your uncle. What does that mean? So? You know, we didn't live in the same house. We didn't. I probably said a total of 20 words to my uncle. And I'm almost <laughs> 30 years old. So, um, yeah. I know a lot of people like that. Yeah. A lot of people like that. We just, I, we I have totally, absolutely I'm, nothing in common. I'm very, I'm very close with all my uncles, but. And honestly. But what, that's not always the case with everybody. All so. of the words that I've said to him have been hello and goodbye. <laughs> so there's been about 10 hellos and 10 good, goodbyes. Well, so that would be 20. maybe a Merry Christmas in there. Okay. So that counts for the other. Got it. Um. <laughs> You're like a couple Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Thrown in there. A little Merry bit. Chrysler. A little bit. Um. Yeah, but I, I did appreciate, and I think that's the one thing that should be told in with this story, is even though they were brothers, there is in no way a direct connection of what happened to one versus the other, except that Carrie was just very, very, very sick. Carrie was the one that made that connection, because he was a sick person. Like his own sister said, there has always been something off about him. But like it was mentioned in that documentary, there was just something off about the whole family. There really was. And there was, there were a lot of things that happened that, that fed into all of it. But, um, that's just, it's yeah. just crazy to me that you have one brother who gets kidnapped from seven to 14 tries to heal from it, grows up, has a family, gets killed in a terrible accident, and then within years, his brother becomes a serial killer. I, it's just wild. It's absolutely wild. But like I said, you can't even make the... It's so unfair to make the connection because they are... They were, you know, two completely completely different people so you can't really make that connection in any way as far as one one being at fault over the other or, or whatever you know it just yeah oh um yeah timothy uh unfortunately passed away in april of 2010 he was 35 years old um he stayed in ukiah 
was an L.A. County Sheriff's Department de deputy. Um, like Stainer, he gave lectures to children about his experiences and the dangers of kidnapping. Uh, he testified against uh, Parnell when he was tried for his case of human trafficking. He was married, had two children, a daughter and a son, just like Stephen. Um, oh, and I apologize. I did think, I did, unfortunately, I thought he was killed in the line of duty as a cop. He was not. He unfortunately died of a pulmonary em embolism, a blood clot, just something. Wow. Another just something tragic. that fucking crazy just and that fucking just tragic. totally tragic. 35 years old. That is extremely young. Um, and that statue is in Ukiah. It's in the same neighborhood where uh tim grew up and lived his whole life where he raised his kids his fucking I mean, precious just, yeah you know you want to have as is i i did want to end this on more of a positive note with the memories of of what happened to steven and what a you know good person he was and did not deserve at all what he went through and bless him for doing what he did for Timothy and allowing Timothy even for the short period of time to have a healthy life and raise a family and everything else. And to the, you know, for, for Carrie's victims, you know, condolences to their family and, and, you know, you just, Carrie is exactly where he belongs. That's all I can say about that. Yeah, he, is he, is. he is exactly where he belongs and exactly where he needs to be. 100%. He's dangerous. So, um, yeah, but I we we highly, highly encourage you guys to watch uh, the Captive Audience documentary that's on Hulu. It's three parts. Like we said, the first two are um, literally titled Steven's Story, and the last one is titled Carrie's Story. They are very well done, a lot of information. And information, what's more important, from the perspective of the family, you know, I was always really familiar with this case. I've heard other podcasts done about it, news articles, and I don't feel like anything ever gave justice to the story until now, because... You got to hear what the family had to say. You got to hear what the family had to say about Steven. Not not a movie, which is, you know, the movie is, of course, based on fact, but it's fictional, just like any of those other stories. Not news articles, not interviews. You got to actually sit down with the family and listen to them and have them tell you what type of person Steven was. Um, the victims, you got to hear from their family and you know what kind of people they were so that's what i felt like was the more important thing about this was the real human so aspect well put of together. it so well i mean brilliantly put together really really like you really have well those done. documentaries about situations such as this that are decent but then you come across ones like this that are like wow that was not only informative but i really enjoyed getting to hear from the families of the victims, not the families of the, well, I mean, technically it's the same family, but Steven's you know family. what I mean. You know what I mean. Steven's actual family, his wife and his kids. Yeah. And even like his, 
And again, like I said, heart goes out to their mother. Yeah, I know. Oh my goodness, to Stephen's mother and his sister. She just, his oh, sister, and the, the uh, whole Corey, family. Was it Corey? Corey? Yeah, the whole family. You can just tell this. This still greatly affects them, um, and I don't. I don't see how it couldn't. Well, I mean, you. That's two. You lost two. You sons. lost two sons. You lost two brothers. So, for sure. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, yeah, I mean, that was really poignant to say because essentially that is what happened. Two sons gone, two children gone. So to lose one child is one thing and then to lose another child, especially in that way, is almost yeah. unspeakable. So heart just goes out to that poor woman that, yeah, you just you hope she got the therapy and I hope she's the support and that she's at some some kind of peace. peace. That's all you can hope for. Um but yeah, guys, we hope you, I always hate, I always hate to say enjoyed when we do these true crime episodes because, you know, they're, they're heavy. We try to keep them as lighthearted as we can, but they do get heavy. And this story was, was rough and I'm glad I didn't cry because I was afraid I was going to. Almost did. Almost did. <laughs> almost did. <laughs> Had to catch it. Proud of myself. Um, But yeah, definitely watch if you're able to watch captive audiences. It's. Very, it's so it's good. very worth it. Very worth it. So hope you at least found this informative. And if yes. you didn't, you know, maybe not a lot of people do. Maybe there's still a lot of people out there that didn't know this I'll story. I'll be straight up with so. you. I didn't know it until you mentioned it. It wasn't you. It was actually Alex's sister who was like, I watched this documentary on Hulu called Captive Audience and talked about it a little bit. And I was like, that sounds interesting as hell. And then you started talking about it. And I was like, well, that's, that sounds really good. So I sat down and watched the whole thing one night and I loved it. I've always knew the story. I think I actually found out about Steven's story first and then found out about Carrie's story later and just thought, oh my fucking God, this, you can't, <clears throat> you couldn't. You can't make that You couldn't make this up if you tried, especially mm -hmm. within the same family. And like you and I talked about, the one thing that I really loved that I felt like wasn't done anyplace else was really splitting their stories apart because even though they're brothers this they have one, nothing to do with one each other. does not reflect the other at no all. and not that's all. that's another big reason why this was so well done i appreciate that other. a lot that oh, they did it that sure. way and i'm sure the family did too you know and the families of the victims yeah definitely mm -hmm. well yeah, so next week is our cryptid episode, and guys... I literally um, almost said Oogie Boogie. <laughs> I mean, it looks like Oogie Boogie. It really does. Uh, <laughs> hey, guys, did you so know have that we, Oogie Boogie's real? Did we do Loch Ness Monster? I think we've covered. Yes. So we're doing another lake monster, this time in Canada, Ogopogo. Canadian. So Ogopogo is one that I was familiar with. Um, just because I've seriously, since I've been, since I was a kid, I've always been fascinated by cryptids. I don't know how anybody can be. And I think, you know, obviously when it comes to lake monsters too, I mean that the connection with dinosaurs and all of that, it's just like, oh my God, could dinosaurs still be real? Can plesiosaurs still be real? Um, so it, that's, that's probably the biggest reason why these type of cryptids have always been fascinating for me like these and giant squids and all that shit i've just always been so fascinated with because it's like we don't know the depths of maybe I, not so much lakes but see look the oceans without a doubt i feel like 
If but any cryptid could be real, it would be something in the ocean. Oh, for sure. Because of that fact. Oh, because for there's so much vastness in the ocean. Without a doubt. Without a doubt, it's in the ocean. Um, but yeah, this is in the, um, I believe it's pronounced uh, Okanagan. The Okanagan Lake. I believe you're which correct. Which is in British Columbia, Canada. Um, the other thing that's so interesting about this story is the majority of the folklore is from the First Nations, which are the um, indigenous people to Canada. So you got to love these stories too. Anything that belongs to indigenous, you know, we've, we've extensively done, you know, <laughs> deer women, skinwalkers, wendigos. Uh, that was another thing that attracted me to this story. Which actually anything... reminds me, our Native American friend Lakota sent me a article on a cryptid that we need to do. Oh, cool. That okay. she, awesome. it's Native American culture. Oh, God. Okay, I literally forgot. Uh, I just looked this up real quick, guys. If you were like me and a nerd back in the day and read the Boxcar Children books, because listen, um, those were everything. Um, yes. The Boxcar Children, Nancy Drew, like all of yes. those, like I, I wanted to do that. Like I wanted to be that. <laughs> yes. I wanted to actually like go on these adventures. Um, I just saw this and I remember this book, The Creature in Ogopogo Lake. I remember that Boxcar Children book. I remember show me the that show me the cover. School. Where'd it go? No. When Google's not cooperating no. with you. I know when <sighs> Google's like absolutely not. Holy shit! I remember that one. I don't. Not this. Go back. That. That one. That's what I. Oh my god! Yeah. You just unlocked like a memory of like. That was padlocked. I, I love the boxcar children book. Listen, so did They're I. So good. So did. Uh, Alex. Alex loves, loved them too. I'm Highly sure. recommend if your kids are reading of reading age, like boxcar children books would and Nancy Drew would still hold up. Like those and goosebumps. And goosebumps. Listen, get your kid on some fucking goosebumps book if you want to be a good parent. I'm just saying. Do you want to be a good parent? Then you make want your to kids, be a good parent. Make your kids read goosebumps. You heard me. Or you're make just them. or you're not a good parent. You're a piece of shit. Or just kind. You're, you're awful. Us who parent. aren't parents, we're like, you piece of shit. Okay, this has nothing to do with anything, but I told my husband today that when I saw the gas prices, I was like, this is a hate crime. These, at least gas, it's, these gas prices are a hate crime. At least it's not actually in June. Then, you know, it would be even more of a hate crime, but I guess we'll see what Well, happens. for me, it's racist. Like, I'm... <laughs> What is it for me? I literally can't. I'm a lesbian. I Fuck don't know. you. I don't know. Crime. I just, I'm like, why? What? So I'm, I'm just bitching like the rest of the country is. If you live in California, though, seriously, I am so, I don't, I'm, I'm, I won't bitch. I'm done. I won't say anything. I follow someone. It's like $8 an hour. That's how much people make. That's, that's how why much they, people That's why make. they can't afford anything. It's like $8 um, a gallon now, isn't it? I saw seven, someone posted, I don't, it's an actress I follow. I don't, she probably lives in LA, or at least close to it. Most of them do. Um, and she posted seven oh four a gallon. I really think I that like, I would never go anywhere again. I would die. Like, I'm about to start a work from home job. You better believe my ass is going to stay there forever. Because Oh, first of all, you'll love it. 
because gas, like that's why it shocked me because I hadn't gotten <clears throat> gas so long. But I also go see my girlfriend four days a week, so it's I will be using gas and now come but here. You, and I come but here. there will be a difference. It's you gonna be weird coming here, not from work, from home, from home. I have to do a whole and new, work. I have to do a whole new route and work home homework home and work. We're gonna call it <laughs> work. Oh, work or womb. <laughs> womb. I just came from womb. That sounds a little too much like womb, which you know is kind of nice. It's kind of relevant right now. It is. It's and also womb. Like it's, you'd be comfy in your womb. It. Listen, it's warm. It's warm. It's warm. I don't have to fucking walk around. They just carry me. I just, I'm carried. Listen, you'll love just getting up and it's like, I don't have to change. I don't have to. Bitch, though, my hair I work in the morning, in my... I will have to tame that shit. Oh. Do you have to, like, do people have to see you? I know oh, that. Okay. I think we're going to have a meet. We have a meet, one meeting a week. And I think it's a morning. Oh, okay. See, Monday. yeah. 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 When we have to have meetings, I know I have to, like, but even then, Do it's something. gonna be. I have never woken up early and not gotten ready for a job. Like my whole Same. entire being is gonna be like. Same. The fuck? You're like I don't have to. I don't. I don't gotta do that. I just gotta get up and make coffee. Yeah, it's pretty. It's nice though. It's pretty nice. The fuck? It's pretty nice. Pretty nice. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, I'm sure the rest of you out there that are work from home, you're like, yes. All you introverts are like, yeah. yeah. We were, they created work from home jobs specifically for us introverts. I mean, they they did. They really did. Thank you. Thank you. The only so thing much. the only good thing COVID gave us was a plethora of at home the jobs. Only good the thing. The only. And I repeat, only. Only. <laughs> Specify only. Only. Capital own <laughs> capital Lee. <laughs> Lee 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 that made me laugh way too hard <laughs> I just was looking at my Facebook memories and it said my friends over here posting about getting married and having babies and me quoting Spongebob and I'm like still relevant still yeah it, hey <laughs> Lee 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 the wheeze. I love the wheeze. <laughs> Especially after that, I have to laugh. We have to. We have to make you guys laugh. You have when to. It, when it's we these get... true crime episodes and it gets it gets heavy, we it gotta heavy. we gotta laugh after. We gotta make you guys laugh. And, <laughs> and Spon listen, what better than a SpongeBob reference? And to be honest with you, SpongeBob now sucks. I was talking about Tom Kenny today, actually. So Were you? Maybe, yeah. Spongebob now honestly sucks. I do not like the new episodes very much, but go get that DVD that's the first 100 episodes of Spongebob gold. That that right there is Spongebob's golden age. Like that, those episodes are fucking hilarious. Also, I highly recommend to anybody that was a 90s kid that loved everything that Nickelodeon had to offer, I beg of you, get Paramount Plus. I did not think Paramount Plus was going to be worth a damn it is the best decision I've ever made. Sunday mornings, eating breakfast in bed and watching Rocco's Modern Life with my husband is the mental health that I never knew I needed in my life. 
like Rocco, Angry Beavers, Ah, Roma. You got you lit. Listen, you you have. It's 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 what was near and dear to if you were a '90s kid. Like our the, the cartoons were just unmatched. '90s Nickelodeon cartoons were unmatched. Besides Looney Tunes, unmatched. Besides Looney Tunes. Like Alex absolutely flipped. And you gotta her have lid. you gotta have HBO Max for that shit. She flipped her lid the other day when her grandma was watching something. Actually, you can watch them all on YouTube, but you can literally watch them from like first original episode of Looney Tunes all the way through like season fifty. They're all on HBO Max. All of Me them. Me thinking about getting HBO Max. Like the black and like the black and white ones. Like the old I'm yes. Well, she flipped her lid yeah. the other day when her grandma was watching me TV and they were on. I know. And she heard me singing the... And she was like, you like Looney Tunes? And I said, bitch! Oh. Oh, do I like Looney Tunes? I love Looney Tunes. Love. And I, she, I was like, favorite episode? I have two. I was like, the first one will always and forever be the one that Daffy is... Bugs keeps drawing shit on Daffy and it keeps changing the scene or changing his body. Oh my and god. And you don't find I out that it's Bugs until the very end. That episode is fucking hilarious. I fucking love that episode. When he turns so him into a fucking flower animal. I don't even know fucking, what the fuck. Oh my god. I know exactly. And then his tail oh is a truth, truth oh flag. Oh my god. It's <laughs> amazing. Oh, I fucking love that one. Probably second favorite would have to be either the one where it's the opera with Bugs and Elmo. Oh my god, stop. <laughs> that Or the hairdresser. Or the one where he's composing. And his hand is still up there even though he takes it out of the world. Oh my god. Okay, that one. Oh my god, that one. Um, so clearly, listen, I'm telling you who my favorite character is because every Duck single season, one of them. Duck season, Wabbit season will forever go down in Duck history. season fire. That has to be it. That listen, if that that has to be on the list because that one's just that's oh, classic. Of course. That's classic. Uh, another one of my favorites is there is an old, and it's where Elmer Fudd is a prospector looking for gold it's an early bugs bunny one like early bugs bunny and elmer fudd it's like yeah, one of the first up, iterations of yeah that that one was really funny um oh my god the little gremlin on the plane with <laughs> that one is great that one is great there's oh my god there's just so there's many, so many. Of them. Basically so anything with Yosemite bugs and Daffy. Sam. Stop it. Yosemite what is it he Sam always one? says? The pirate. Um, what is it he always says? Yosemite, Yosemite Sam. Well, he cusses, but they try to cover it up. Yeah, oh, but right he fracking, fracking. He there is something he always says. I know he has a he has shit. a phrase. He has a phrase, and I can't. Now, boy, I say, boy, what you need to get, you need to get yourself a chicken hawk. Now, listen, what I is, listen, I am not a listen, chicken. Listen, the foghorn leghorn chicken hawk ones with the dog. That poor dog. Remember when the dog ends up at drag at the end? And he's like, I'm not a, I'm not a chicken. And he's like, well, we can't all be perfect. 
Like the little, like the, that, they put that damn dog through hell. That whole episode. Oh my God. Oh my God. The other one where it was like a beatnik chicken and he tries to get in the hen house every time and he, you're crazy, man. Crazy. Remember? Cause he's got the little beard and he, remember when he flips the record and he's dancing when he's the baby. Listen, if y'all didn't watch, if you're you're going to hell. If you didn't fuck, you're just straight up going to hell. You're just straight up going to hell. If you don't know what the fuck we're talking about, and you didn't also didn't raise you right, if you didn't watch Looney Tunes or Tom and Jerry, I fucking still love Tom and Jerry. The French one with the three musketeers. Stop. I want to watch it. I want to watch it too. Now I'm gonna fucking. Oh my god! You're like now. I you're like I have to find it. That's the way he's talks. Oh my god! I laughed so hard. I laughed so hard. I'm sweating. And he fences all the time. Oh no, it's not even a fit. No, it's an actual sword. Because he posts yeah, it in the Yeah, because they're little and, and he just, his little hat falls down. <laughs> He's just waving it around. Oh my God, do you remember Fargo when Gordon he and ride crumble? And he's got his little fucking- He kept taking a whisker. Fargo when Gordon he and ride Hamble. Oh my god. Fire him in a and Oh my god. And then he would always bear, 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 bear. And then Tom would cover his <laughs> mouth and then he slapped his ass and he screamed and then he ripped one out of his face. God, you just oh, you so, cannot I'm beat sorry. those. I'm sorry, and I know these were not, listen, I know it wasn't fucking PC or whatever. Whatever. The mammy. When that mouth, oh no, Tom, get this mouth. You talk about the one that she was like getting pissed at him for getting in the fridge. Because she thought <laughs> it was him getting in the fridge and she would take a fucking board and smack his ass. Oh my god, those who were fucking hilarious. Oh, the bulldog with the little kitty cat. Remember he snuck the kitty cat and then he thought she baked the cat and the cookies. <laughs> he went, oh, he was so sick. And then he cried. He was so Cat's right there, and he's like, "Oh my god, <laughs> oh my god. you okay. just can't, you these, just can't touch." They're those. unmatched. You can't. They are unmatched, man. They really are. Oh my god. Okay, well, if you don't have HBO Max, YouTube, SOL, YouTube still has them. They still have the old Looney Tunes cartoons. Things good, thank goodness, and it's free. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we uh, hope you enjoy our little nice little segue since, you know, we need to go that lighten the mood. Listen, we always need to lighten the mood lighten after the mood. this episode. So what um, better way to do it than to talk about Looney Tunes? Of course. Why not? So, guys, you know, we have our socials, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all at DFWTO Podcast. Handle is DFWTO8811. If you have any questions, concerns, or want to say, hey, please email us at DFWTO8493 at gmail.com. Please subscribe, follow, and leave a review on Podbean, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and iTunes so you always know when we put out new episodes. 
usually always Wednesdays, but if something comes up, you will know for sure if you subscribe. I think I'm getting good at that. I don't that know. Was I awesome. should like actually re I almost said I should have recorded that. No recording. But I should like ha take that snippet out and just put it at the end of every fucking show. Yeah. Because that was you're like nailed it and we'll just take that and that's But see that we do we also do this, so I can't really do that. We have every we ending have is different. Banter. <laughs> Playful banter. Playful banter. <laughs> Alright guys, have a wonderful week. Be safe and remember. Don't, Don't fuck, fuck with, with the original. original.